closer to valentine's day and you know what that means romantic songs romantic songs um i said that this was synonymous with the with a movie do you know which movie that is this is you'd have been not born yet not born yep um is it one of the the guys movies it is a i considered probably a guy's movie no well i mean like um that's not what you meant no the um the guy who did all the movies in the 80s, the Molly Ringwald movies. Oh, John Hughes? Yeah. No, it is not John Hughes. Not John Hughes. Not a, not a teeny bopper movie either. It's Is it the one with um, Tom Cruise? Yes. Okay. It's called... Remake uh, Pending. It, yeah, Remake Pending with really cool people. I don't know who's in it besides Tom They're Cruise. cool. Um, Tom Cruise is in it again? Yeah. His name, someone's name is Maverick, and someone's is, name is yep, Goose. Yep, Maverick Goose. Top Gun. Top Gun. Top Gun. That's it's right. interesting because it was a different movie then. One because of, the, I'm sure. Well, well, we'll see the new movie, but the plane technology has developed so much. Yeah. So it was F-16s back when that movie was made. Mm. Um, and now. Now you don't even have to be in the plane. Well, and we're we were still in the tail end of the Cold War at that point. So like the bad guys are these oh. Migs from Russia. Big twenty twos. Oh, that'll be different now. Like, who are we gonna? Who are we gonna be? Who will it be? Well, you know, you you look at like global spending on military stuff. It's still China and Russia kind of up there. I mean, like, yeah. But we so far exceed everyone. Yes, we It'd by be, yeah. seventeen times. I don't even know like what um, what other technology is out there. Out there, yeah. So maybe it'll be set in the future. Could be. And like, it's um, somebody made up. Well, I think it's present day is what I was guessing. Oh, okay. I don't know. I do like all their call signs from that movie. Maverick, mm-hmm. Goose, what you said. Oh, their names. Hollywood, is that their names? Cougar, Mer- Merlin, Maverick, Goose. Cougar? And then Iceman. You know who played Iceman? Yes. Uh, no. Val Kilmer. <gasps> really? But I remember that was, Iceman, I think, the name. Maybe not his breakout movie, but like he did that one and then he did The Saint mm. and he did one other one. Yeah, he was great. I watched his documentary that came out this year. Oh. It was fascinating. That's cool. He's way, he, he's first of all, like, uh, very much a four. Oh. But he's um, he's Lots a way different human being. Documentaries recently, I feel, about people, like, just about actors. Or about fours. About fours. Or you were just saying about actors. Yeah. Mm, it was very good. But it, it, good because I was invested in him. That movie meant so much. I probably have seen that movie. It's in my top three I've seen, like, repeatedly. Oh, I love that. What is the first one? Or what, well, is, I was just what guessing. are the other two? Yeah. What have I seen over and over and over? Well, this is going to sound funny, but because of my sister, Gone with the Wind. Oh. Uh, I saw that a bunch as a kid. Okay. She rented that from the library all the time. I used to watch Remember the Titans every night before I went to bed. Oh, my gosh. Every night? Yes. <laughs> oh, I you mean, know what? All I didn't the Christmas watch movies, all of it, but... Christmas movies should be taken out, probably, because... Yeah, because you watch them every year. Yeah, and I don't watch them. I have them on. Yeah, right. Same with Remember the Titans, sort mm, of, except... Yeah. You know, I, you know what I watch over that... For as a genre that I don't do with most genres, what I'll rewatch rewatch a rom com. Yeah, yeah, because they're funny and fun. They're lighthearted. Yeah. The older I get, the more I need that. Yeah. So, Top Gun. 
Top Gun. Berlin. That's the band that did Take My Breath Away. Oh, uh, Take My so Breath Away. So I told you all the great romantic songs are from the 80s. That's the second one. Feels untrue to me. I'm sure they're great. It's just probably when I stop listening to music. Yeah. In the 80s? You were well, like nine. I listened to like five bands from the 90s. While you were in high school? You don't have like good high I school I listened to memories? what was on the radio, but I don't. most of that was one hit wonder stuff. Oh. So I listened to U2, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking 90s right now. U2 and Pearl Jam. R.E.M. The end of the 90s was like we were starting. Yeah, that's kind of when I gave up. Okay. When we said we're a Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, 98 Degrees World. Yeah. Christina but Aguilera. I like in the 90s so much good like R&B. Yes. And so much good rap music. Yeah. So. Um, but I sort of gave up on the, the boy bands yeah i was out although i did just find out uh, oh it's tof isn't it he lives here and by that i mean isn't he down the hall yes he's here tof you're live on the air man <laughs> no you're not on the speaker but we are recording live. let me hit pause and we're back yeah we're back well um taylor i just want to say one more thing about um top gun okay which i know you haven't seen um, I, I, I feel like saw it when I was little, little. Well, they they have this very um, powerful, and I didn't use the word passionate. Okay. I used powerful. I thought it was very gripping and emotive as a kid, in part because of the power of the song by Berlin, "Take My Breath Away." Sure. Uh, where Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis, um, I think that's her her real name. Okay. Yeah, she's Charlotte Blackwood on the show. Um, they um, they love each other, and um, good job for them. So I think that though she is a, a lesbian now. And so, um, just to have a conversation about sexuality, I wonder if that's retrospectively strange for her to feel like, oh, I did all these heterosexual scenes. Let me rephrase this. I wonder if she felt like that was an act of suppression back in the day. Interesting. Or, you know, because obviously there are homosexual actors who play straight characters now all the time. Yeah, all the time. But I wonder if um, that was like a different experience when you're... Yeah, I wonder if you feel like, you know... You already feel like you can't come out of the closet and like be your true self and live your true life. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're performing these sure. scenes. Sure. I think that's what I'm asking. Right. Yeah. I feel like a, a deeper cut. Right. I feel like it's one of those things that it could be like, she's like, no, that was just my job. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or it could be like, yeah, yeah, there was pain there. Well, and that is an interesting question. Yeah. Maybe we'll get her on after we have Lynn Ma- Manuel Miranda. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. we definitely will. Um, all right, Taylor. All well, right. thanks for listening to my new romantic song. I might have you pick one sometime. I would love that. I have one more I want to do, but I would pick a Taylor Swift song, I think. Okay, well, she sings romantic songs, I guess. She sings so many romantic songs. Yeah. Okay, well, um I don't mean to pick on anybody. Uh, okay. But I've been following this story, bringing this up. Uh they did win, I think against Kansas. But Wait, who? I'm going to about to say Oh. The Baylor women's basketball team was 0-2 in the Big 12 in their start for the first time since the year 2000. You know what that was? 2000? Yeah. One year before Kim Mulkey was hired. Yeah. Um, it's not surprising to me. They are They are having a hard season. Let me ask you a question. This is ultimately what I wanted to think about. Okay. So um, as a sports fan, and you're, we've established long ago, more moral in life than I am. More that, moral? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Don't let's not belabor the point. Okay, we don't talk about it. Um, so here's my question: If you're an average sports fan, 
Yeah. Now, this is running with some assumptions. Okay. We had some insider information that we won't disclose our source. Yeah. That things weren't great when she left. Right. Nothing scandalous. No. Uh, just they weren't great. Yeah. The right? inner workings of everything were not yes. great. Yes. And there was maybe some, again, not moral, but like some kind of, you know, there's just some decency infractions of like how you treat people. Okay. Yeah. Sure. This being the case, as a sports fan, do you ultimately care or do you just want to win? I do care. Okay, I figured you would. So you'd rather so be. So this, when Owen, you say I'm more moral, you mean this is what you mean, like. Yeah, you're, you thought I would care and you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I just want to win. No, no, no. I can't. It's got to be. It's all or nothing for me. Yeah, I think for me, like I think about Reggie Bush's vacated Heisman Trophy year. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this, haven't we? I think so. Yeah. And of course, he won the Heisman Trophy. It was the year that Texas beat them. So 05. they yeah so he won it for the 05 season but he got the award in 06 and they lost that game to Texas in January of 06 that year okay okay so he won that award and then that Heisman Trophy was vacated yeah um, now here's the thing for every sports person for every USC fan for all of history nobody actually cares that it was vacated. Reggie Bush yeah, was Reggie the Bush best. Reggie Bush won the Heisman that year. The yeah, best player. Sure. He won the award. And if, if, honestly, if I'm Reggie Bush, I don't care. Um, oh, inter- another you don't care? Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, in terms of, like, what I accomplished, it doesn't take it away from me. I'm like, I know I was the best. You said I was the best. You can't take that back. You can't take the back, the back. You can't take back the fact that you said I was the best. But I know I was the best at football. But yes, like, that's what the award is for. But I... But I care more about my own moral character than how good I am at football. Are you, um, are you like caricaturizing what you wish Reggie Bush would feel? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, that's I'm, not no, true. I'm saying what I would feel in Reggie Bush's shoes. Yeah. Well, that's why I clarified that you're the moral <laughs> person here. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he wishes. Also, though, he has he appealed recently to have his hmm. reward restored. Do you want to know why? Why? Because the likeness image thing that passed in the NCAA. Oh, the With N- that change, he wouldn't have violated anything. The NIL? Yeah, but that was not the rule then. I know. I'm just saying. Like, it's the rule now. We, and we, and I think we could make a case that it should have been the rule then. Yeah. I don't think they're going to. What if you made the argument that the rule is unjust? The rule is. Was unjust in his day. The rule is unjust. And I think was unjust in his day. So he, what's the difference between breaking that unjust rule and another unjust rule? Great question. Great question. Especially, all right, un- injustice. Um, this country has, well, it's a day after MLK, a wildly unjust history with people of color. Yeah. But if you look at, like, major institutions profiting off of, again, the work of mostly young male black bodies. Yes. Right? Right. Maybe he broke an unjust rule. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I do think there's some sort of motivation. Like if that was, if that was like, he was like, I am trying, I am breaking this rule because I think it's unjust. Um, I think there's something to be said there. Was Is that what happened? Uh, have you ever seen the movie Blue Chips with Nick Nolte? Where no. he's the basketball coach that breaks the rules and, and recruits players? Oh, no, I haven't. Well, I just feel like. Can we really know? Well, I think no, my point is that's indicative. Like some of these people who take these benefits, they're in poverty. Right. And they're stepping in a situation 
where they could further wreck their bodies. Yeah. It's a big gamble. And I will grant, like, it's also a big opportunity, right? It's a platform for, like, millions of dollars. Yeah. But statistically speaking, most of them won't get there. Yeah. So um, they, some of them, that was the only kickbacks they ever got from all that. From all of that. The violence their bodies endured. They didn't get a pro shot. Yeah. So you know what? I say great for them. I think you're right. I don't know if this has ever happened on the podcast. <laughs> there's there's that scene in Spanglish. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh-huh. Where um, Adam Sandler plays the husband. Uh-huh. And he has a fight with his wife, uh-huh. Tia Leone. And either she or somebody else, like, finally either stops arguing or agrees them. Uh-huh. And he, like, stops like, holy crap. I just, I've never had an experience somebody concede something before. <laughs> No, and well, I know the way I would speak about athletes like a year ago when they were considering the thing. Uh-huh. Certainly, right? Is that like that? That's what they deserved. Yeah. Right, the name, image, and likeness thing. And so, I guess I should think about, but like you know, when that, like I was a younger version of myself when the Reggie mm-hmm. Bush thing happened. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's fair to say that, like, when a rule is in place, right? Like, we have some rules. On, in our like handbook yeah that it's like i would i'm not i'm not mad at them i follow them mm-hmm. but like if i worked at a different place there are some things in the handbook that like i would do if if there weren't also rules at that place and it's not because i believe in them with my heart yeah but it's because it's the rule of like mm-hmm. this place that i work at here's the question though right would you follow them if you knew there wasn't going to be a consequence for not following them because that's the difference between believing in a rule because you believe in the rule and believing in a rule because you um, respect the law. Well, I don't respect the law. <laughs> that's right. on the table. Um, but I respect, like, this place. Do you know what well, I'm okay, saying? Well, okay, so we're talking specifically about UBC. Yeah. Okay. I guess. All right. Um, and it's like, so, you know, so I think you could say to Reggie Bush, like, do you respect the NCAA? And if he's like, sure, but. This, I don't respect this rule because I think it's unjust. Yeah. But I also don't think you ha- – and I do think there is, like I said earlier, something to say about intention or whatever. Well, and let me – can I press further here? Uh, I think I have one more point I want okay. to make. Um, but also it's like at the end of the day, if the rule is unjust, then at, like intention doesn't super matter. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. that person – I mean, he probably would say, like, I didn't think that intentionally, but I could feel that it wasn't quite fair because I knew there were other people yeah. getting this money in other ways and profiting from society oh, in yeah. other ways. And blah, Major blah, blah. athletic programs are just about who gets away with stuff. Yeah, exactly. So um, now I'm picking on USC because I think this is why Pete Carroll left. But I think that, like, some of the gifts, we'll call them, were kind of obnoxious, right? Like, uh, they weren't about necessity. They were about luxury. Okay. Sure. So I think that's something to consider. But I'm also, and now I'm not just speaking about USC or Reggie Bush. This is my disdain for the NCAA. Uh, Frank, what's his name? He used to coach basketball at Kansas State, and then he went to South Carolina. Uh You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. He, like, gave a player lunch money. So he could buy lunch right. while they were traveling as a team. That's the type of stuff. Because like I think like, he didn't have a per diem or he exceeded it, and I'm just it's so. Or maybe he was a walk on. Unbelievably eye rolly, and yeah. it was so dumb, and it was so mad. The another one was, and I should be careful because I don't know the details of this, but do you remember the running back Silas Nasita for Baylor? Yeah. Yes. Like he nacho? got they yeah nacho, nacho libre or no something nacho taco nacho taco taco nacho I don't I know. don't remember he was there was a food 
thing going on there. It had something to do with like this is before Siri and stuff, but when you would say his name, it would like Yeah. Whatever. But um he you know, he was like sleeping on people's couches or something and yeah. because they were another player there was an infraction yeah and i'd been told he'd been warned about it it's so, like there's that right but i was like okay the guy is, is homeless the guy yeah he, he's not like receiving he cars could get or something like that. He, like, and more kickbacks just as a normal human being from some government programs yes yeah but because it's like NCAA, that's the stuff i just when, can't yeah, stand when NCAA. it gets in the way of like someone living humanity, a normal life like, like humanity yes. Yes, so, and so I understand sorry. the letter of the law, and it's it's like, I call it the tinfoil thing. There's a rule you can have tinfoil in your house if you have foster kids, and it's like basically it's something happened at one point, right? You can't have like aluminum foil. Yeah, like I I, I don't know I haven't like investigated this or whatever, but I like, use that so often. We we use it too, we, we, but it's like when we saw this, like okay, one time this one thing probably happened, yeah. so they came up with a rule. Well, and so the rule this is actually very interesting. I remember, ooh, I don't want to like misquote anybody but i'm pretty sure it was um it was either dr arterbury or dr weaver and they were talking about pharisees and the rules Mm -hmm. and um how it was like you know the mosaic law or whatever and it was like maybe the mosaic law said like uh don't eat cookies after dinner and so then it was like well, that's kind of dangerous if you're in the kitchen after dinner. So the, then the rule became like, don't be in the kitchen after dinner. And then the rule became like, well, don't go on that side of the house after dinner. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. things that it's like, well, those aren't actually the rules and act- or they don't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. if actually if the NCAA finds out they have an athlete that is homeless, I would hope the response of the NCAA would be like, we're going to make sure your school gets you housing or yeah. something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But instead it's like, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's silly. Well, uh, where this started is that I said I'd rather have a winning coach than a moral one. <laughs> so um, here's the other thing. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm um, what do you call that? I'm hedging for this moment. If, and this is a statistic, statistically still a large if, okay. the Packers win the Super Bowl. Okay. I just want you to know I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm really not even ready to talk about football I'm, yet. But. I'm gonna be all about how great Aaron Rodgers is. Okay? No, yep. Josh. Yep. Yep. Unapologetically. You know that um, CDC is trying to get the Joe Rogan podcast like off the air. Oh, really? Yes, because he is spreading medical misinformation. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think so either. But they're Free press, trying. First Amendment. It'll never happen. It's like out there though. It you know what I mean? It won't happen. Although just because it won't happen doesn't I said, mean I it's still President not. I said President Trump would never get elected in sixteen, so I should. Yeah. Okay. Well, and just because it won't happen doesn't mean it's still not like a shocking act. Yeah. It is still shocking. Yeah. The, I do think that's the three thing. It's like unless it'll happen, we don't even have to talk about it. Um. Yeah, it is a three thing probably. Yeah. I think because what I take those to mean is like people want to like make noise to be prophetic to be heard. Not about Joe Rogan? Yeah, well, in, in any of these kinds of cases, like, that's not going to happen. You're just using this as a leverage to be heard or say something. Oh. That's what I think those are. No, but I don't care. Yeah. It's just, like, shocking to me. Yeah. Um. Okay, what were you going to say? Oh, you are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I just want you to be prepared that I'm going to be um, the biggest fan if he wins. Okay, even though we've had these moral discussions I, it's too early for me to talk about the nfl i'm sorry i, I didn't bring that up okay, thanks let's move on okay um hey guess what i watched this week i actually what? talked about it in my newsletter video <gasps> what 
I haven't watched the newsletter yet. Uh, well, it's because it's not published yet. Okay, great. I'm waiting for actually that text I just got. Ooh, interesting. Um, Holly Oxhalen did write up in her Sunday school class for She's me. She's a hero. She is. Well, I saw the externals. Eternals? Exter- Eternals, sorry. Yep, the Eternals. The, I mean, I just, is there Disney. a movie called The Externals? No, I'm okay. sorry. I meant Eternals. Eternals, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it twice, actually. Okay, great. So you were you could be a conversation partner. Yeah. Well, you know, I had said, even before I had seen this, like, it represents to me... It's really niche, right? That's what you said? Well, I said it represents to me, like, a deeper grasp for the meta. So if we're in concentric circles moving outward and, like, Captain America, Hulk, um, I guess Iron also Man, for the record, spoilers for the Eternals. Thor, yeah, spoilers for Eternals. Okay. Represent like the core of Marvel, right? Like if you're going to do an image of Marvel, it'd be those four to five. Well, not Captain America or Iron Man anymore. No, no, no. I'm talking like comic history. Everything. Okay, okay. Sure, that's sure, sure. the that's the Avengers. That's Marvel. Okay, I guess. Maybe yeah. X-Men in the middle. I don't know. Okay, but like. Yeah, um, X-Men is like a big part. You move outside, you, you get what like, well, I'm getting, this is too nuanced, but like, you know, um. War Machine is not as central to the story as sure. Iron Man, right? Like, well, but certainly you also have like Spider Man. Yeah, but he <laughs> he's in the middle for sure. But anyways, you get a couple out there, the and middle. as you get further out, yeah, uh, they become more and more ethereal and more and more powerful. So we're getting closer now. Well, certainly that's part of the movie. Because like, could all the Eternals just destroy Thanos without effort? Well, that was a question in the movie, right? Like, why didn't you guys help yeah. with Thanos? But like, they could. Right, I th- presumably. I think they could. Yeah. So now you need to establish a whole new cosmology and metaphysics of ontology because you have to come up with a reason why they didn't just solve this problem. Of Thanos. Yeah, and and presumably Thanos's snap couldn't have disintegrated half of them even if he'd wanted to, right? Right. Well, there's like what eight of them. Ten. Ten. Yeah, they couldn't have been disintegrated because yeah. they're not like humans. Well, you just gave that away. Oh, sorry. Um, we did say spoilers. We did. Okay, so uh, there, there's all that. Um, I, I re-Googled this question. Well, but they talked about why they did. I mean, so Jon Snow asked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, here's what was wild. So Rob Stark and Jon Snow um, deal with a character named Cersei throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It's like, what? Come on, this is a little on the nose, guys. They're <laughs> yeah, they're both. Yeah, they're, well, they have both been with her in different varieties or whatever been with her in a romantic fashion um and so uh he said why didn't you help and she said we weren't allowed to help with like human wars where there weren't any what are the things they're fighting uh the 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 big monsters the d somethings just yeah 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 the celestials send the eternals who fight the like the defectors or something yeah, they're called. Something. Deviants. Deviants, that's the it. Deviants. They weren't allowed to fight in those wars. Yeah. So that is... But does that, does so, that not satisfy you? No. No, The they explain... They got themselves off the hook. Okay. I'm wondering more, like, does the... Does the... the this new concentric circle of power work for you in terms of drama? Are you interested? I am. Okay. I'm like very... I mean... I don't often rewatch movies. I've already watched it. Too. I watched it in the theaters, mm-hmm. and then I watched it. I've watched it at home since it came out. I did appreciate both the, you know, I guess it's CGI, of the Centennial being born at the end. Yes. I thought that was clever. The like fingers. Yeah, and like just you know the the use of 
really earth formation and magma and yeah. kind of like the earth is essentially a womb for this this being yeah and the kind of the role of the human in that process and development um we yeah i think I, the answer to your question i cannot fully answer currently because uh-huh. i don't feel it's new and we did not see them interact with any with really anybody else except for john snow who kit harrington <laughs> i'm just sorry i'm sorry i keep saying it yeah, just, except for kit harrington who apparently is like goes on to be yeah. A superhero villain? I don't know. Oh, I, I did some reading on this. Okay. Um, um, so it's it's in the post scenes, if people pay attention to those. Yeah. His character gets, like, has this relationship with his sword at the end, which I thought was, like, going to be Excalibur or yeah. King Arthur reference. I know nothing about Marvel stuff. Well, the, the <clears throat> person who's voicing the voice of the blade uh-huh. is Marsalis Ali. Is that his name? Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Um, and so... He, Presumably, he is the Blade, which oh. I didn't know this. Do you remember those movies with? I can't remember his name. For for some reason, the name Wesley Snipes keeps coming to my mind. But you remember those movies, Blade, Blade Two, Blade Three? Yeah. It's that character. I didn't know that was a Marvel character. I think Wesley Snipes is in those movies. Okay, that is Wesley Snipes. Um. But anyhow, so does that mean Jon Snow will get the Blade and become Marshala Ali? <laughs> Um, great question. Or I don't know. Will he um, have a relationship with Marshall Ali, who is the Blade? Well, here's what I know. At the end, you know, he's trying to be like, I have had a fa- strange family experience. Yeah. And also, at one point, she calls him to be like, hey, yeah, the world might end. And he says, like, she says, like, or no, what she calls him to say, actually, is like, you should make up with your uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, you always wanted to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's him. good. You caught that. That's yeah. going to be a thing, isn't it? And it's something, it's like a family. His uncle's going to be somebody his, big time. Yes, his uncle. Or I think maybe his uncle was, and he got the sword from his uncle. Yeah. Uh, we should, there, I mean, honestly, if you are interested in spoilers like this, <laughs> you can go look up a million oh, yeah, things yeah, online. Yeah, you can. It's because it all is in the comic books. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um. Well, okay, here's my other point. So I got curious about the meta-metas. Okay. And so I Googled most powerful characters in Marvel Universe. Yeah. Multiverse, even. The okay. Hulk is supposed to be, like, very, very, very powerful. Well, he's very strong for characters. Yes. But there's kind of, like, again, this whole other set of, like, meta-figures, right? Yes. Right. So, but he has, like, his strength is, like, bigger than anybody's or something like that. Yeah, if you're playing within the constraints of a person. Okay, sure, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. when you get to the top, the pronouns change to it and they. It's more like... Sure. You know? So, on this list of, like, I think number two is, like, the one beyond is his name or something. Sure. Okay, like, at ten are the Celestials. Oh. Right? So, yeah. we got a glimpse at one figure who's in the ten spot, like, the tenth most powerful. Is it... The, and they as a team or, like, just... Yeah, so the thing about the Celestials is, it's kind of like the Eternals. As a whole, they're like one of the most powerful entities in the multiverse. Okay. But individually, they're defeatable. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, the, one of the comic sketches looks like that guy who we keep seeing with the multiple eyes. The red guy? Yeah, which I did in terms of also kind of um, artistic choice, appreciate his kind of appearing in the space to Earth at the end. Yeah. It felt very... Kind I kind of, like, I really liked it, and I also thought, where are his feet? Yeah, well, maybe like, that'll something. Yeah, I, I guess you don't have to stand on things in space. You right. know what I you mean? You just need to appear. Yeah. Yeah, very imaginative. Well, I also had a thought: if I were an atheist, I think this would be a very meaningful mythology for me to think about the way the world 
could be or should be. I loved I loved that. First of all, I loved, you know, the idea that Sprite had created all these stories mm-hmm. and used their names, mm-hmm. right? Like they're sort of all these they, I mean, it, it seems that they have their names before they go down to earth, right? Uh-huh. But because as they go around, it seems like part of Sprite's job was to go around creating ancient mythologies for people groups she like had used their names to do things and i also liked what was his name uh yeah that well again we're really doing spoilers here um but that at the end sisyphus flies into the sun um is his name sisyphus what is it uh you're talking about john or rob stark yes uh wasn't it um, or was his uh there are a couple of them that had very clear Greek references. So there was Thena, who was uh-huh. Angelina Jolie. Um, but there's also Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was, that's the epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah. And then, yeah, his was, um, it's not Achilles, but it's, it's something like from that era. It's not a god. It's I think like, it, a, well, like an ancient Greek hero. But I'm yes. I'm trying to think. And then Circe. Yeah. And, I mean, even like Sprite, Druig, they all have. Are they all Greek pantheon names? Um, Because they're from Olympia. Yes. Which is not Olympic, but it's close. Right, yeah. Um, I don't know, but they all have something. Yeah, well, we'll remember Rob Rob Stark's character name later. Uh, No, I think I meant like atheists in terms of like atheists in our world, you and me. Yeah. Like I think if I'm an atheist looking at Marvel, I'm like, oh, Oh. this is an interesting thought experiment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of holds human need and orients it in a way that makes sense with what we know about science and it's very interesting. We talked a couple of weeks ago. It came up in staff meeting. We talked, and actually kind of throughout the week, but we talked a lot about like narrative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could also find a lot of meaning. I, I think what's interesting about Marvel, right, is even though, that a lot of those narratives are mostly taking on like the Christ story, like pretty specifically like the New Testament portion of uh, nar- like sort of narrative of the gospel. And Marvel is doing a lot of, like, world creating. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what happened before time? Where did this all come from? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah. I think that, in, in that way, it's, like, not unique. But as far as, like, pop culture narratives go right now, I do think it is kind of unique in that way. Yeah. So. Very creative storytelling. I, I'm sticking with the Marvel Universe as a commitment. I did like the Eternals better than Ten Rings and better than um, yeah. What was the other one they did? What's her name? Black, Black Widow. Widow. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked Black Widow. I really liked Ten Rings, but I felt like those. I feel like Ten Rings was like, um, like a pretty uh, straightforward, like fun, yeah. live, like action superhero movie. Yeah. That yeah, character movie. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, just a good character movie, and I think Black Widow is that as well. Whereas like I think I like the the um I don't know like maybe the communal communal aspect of this, mm-hmm. and also how it is doing more like world building outside of these characters and not just inside of these characters. Yeah, like how have they interacted in the world? Well, Eternals gets a thumbs up. You know what's next on my list? 
What? So- oh, I say next. At some point. I still haven't seen WandaVision. I've heard that's great. Mm, on Disney Plus? Yeah. It is really great. Okay. Taylor. Josh. You know what I'm watching? What? Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Just finished season one. It keeps... Did y'all decide... It keeps popping up on my... No, it probably Netflix. just came available again. I don't know. We're, we're enthralled. We love it. Okay. I totally get the rage. I've watched like three or four episodes. Yeah. And I also liked it. Um, interestingly, uh, there's a, a theme that's emerging in our show today. What? Which would be about the utility of the rules. Because I was thinking about like the difference in the meta structures of the Marvel universes. Uh-huh. They, it requires that there's some kind of a quality, some kinds of rule abiding for foes and yeah. protagonists for it to be fun. Right. All the way through, right? Yeah. Like Thanos can't fight the Celestial, et cetera. Right. I also think Downton Abbey, I've been thinking about this. It's really hard not to be bothered by the classism in one sense. Right. It was really jarring for me the first episode. Right. But now that I've kind of bought into it, um, there's an occasion for a kind of love to be expressed by Lord Grantham. Sure. To his servants. Sure. And vice versa. Um, And again, it's not whole. It's not the way the world should be. Um, no, right. But on the other hand, it's like the the specificity of that that culture and that relationship is the occasion for the uh, the, the drama to unfold and, and real meaning to unfold. Right. Yeah. So there is one character in that show in season one. I don't think I've disliked a character this much since Dolores Umbridge in book five. Wow. So just a real like not a real nasty evil person, but just a yeah you know about the yeah characters yes yeah thomas yeah. thomas the butler i don't know if you know thomas the footman oh right yes oh yeah him? um yeah bad dude yeah at least in season one we'll see what remains um that is so interesting right because there is some element of like the world that's the world they were living in Right. Mm-hmm. And so like that is as kind as he could imagine being. Do you know what I mean? Um, have you been watching all of this? Um, what's his name? The financial peace guy. Oh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Have you been? Is there a specific saga? I know just people don't like him. Well, he uh, ha- recently was in an interview and said something about like uh, like people asked him about like being a landlord essentially. Mm-hmm. And he kind of was like, well, um, you know, the thing you do is like every year the rent goes up and that is just like how it goes. And it's not my fault if like the market prices someone else out of the house I'm renting to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I've seen it a lot on Christian TikTok, like people being like, no, um, you know, that's not, as a Christian, that's not how we have to behave. Do you know what I mean? And maybe not how we should behave, but that, like, people, you know, this, I mean, I think the economy of, like, the kingdom of God is very radical in that, like, actually you could charge anyone anything you wanted to live in a house that you own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, interesting that this is coming up because Dr. Tran's going to speak to us tomorrow night here at UBC. Oh. And I started his book now. Oh. And um, one of the, the undergirding themes that I'm going to have him unpack a little bit is this phrase, like the 
the neoliberal economic reality that seems pervasive in both still the Democratic and Republican parties uh-huh. and how um, they're just tenets and principles of it that kind of run as presuppositions in our collective moral conscious that really you can't square with right. Christian demands. Yeah, like you just can't square it. It um, doesn't. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for as much success, and I think probably even for as helpful as Dave Ramsey has been for some folks, um, he's a living example of ultimately the market forces are the gods. Right. And um, you can't you can't change what is. It's sort of kind of an ontological surrender. Right. And so where you don't have to be the moral, um, you know, can't find the word but you're the, you're not the problematic figure in the equation it's just a, it's this impersonal force that is the economy right and that's um we'll see sorry we got a little off topic there with it was downton abbey that's related right yeah that it's like we would still say like well those but those relationships are not the best we could imagine relationships to be uh-huh. but they are maybe the best those people can imagine relationships to be yeah um, I mean, it's hard to know what they're surrounded with, right? So, like, yeah. to to say back to Dave Ramsey, like, no, there are plenty of people who rent a house to someone for below market value or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but the, it's like, was I don't I don't know that like in a, a Downton Abbey setting that it's like, yeah, they had the imagination to think of any other way to deal with people. Well, it's weird because in some sense. I mean, obviously, chattel, chattel, not ch- chattel slavery is way worse, obviously. Right. Um, slavery in the Greek Roman Empire is also worse. That's what I meant to say. Right. Um, um, although I think sometimes because of chattel slavery, we have misnomers about slavery in the first century. Still wasn't great. Still right. is abusive. But it, similarly, there's echoes of that, but also I think echoes in my mind of the Hindu caste system. Sure. So economically, um, yeah, there's a more square relationship in you know 20th century, early Victorian England. Um, but there are still suppositions about the nature and dignity of humanity and yeah. people's postures based on their um, class. Well, in their, their job. Right. And I mean, let's not BS ourselves. This is true of America, too. Right. Like we look sure. at our blue collar workers in a different way. We look at, you know, our clerical workers in a different way. We look at our white collar and I'm in quotes, their workers. Right. right? Yeah. Like we have this, too. But like. But it was like there was real, I think, I mean, this is a silly example, right? But Br- of Bridgerton is like a pretty easy thing show that a lot of people watch that it's like there are real consequences right. that like can't necessarily, like now it's like there's consequences, natural consequences of like, not oh, natural is the wrong word, but like what we as a society would call natural consequences for like interacting social mores and norms yeah of with people who um maybe are are in a different social class than you even though i don't this that's not a concept i enjoy or like but just like it is kind of a reality of like the where we are um and so um or we're still moving out of a time when it was like you know if you married into a family that was in a different class than like what you were born into your life might look really different so you're experience you having a different experience but i mean there have been times and places in the world where it's like you might be killed for interacting with someone mm-hmm. in a different social class than you or like yeah in the hindu caste system 
you might, I mean, yeah, being killed was definitely an option. And, but, and also it's like, you might be sort of reclassified as a different type of, in a different class system. And people had the power to, to like sort of do that to you. And it's, it is sort of a, yeah, classism as opposed to, um, uh, what was the word I was looking for? Uh, yeah. It's just sort of classism as opposed to, what were we talking about before? Downton Abbey and the implicit caste system that was at work in yeah. early 20th century England. Just different. It's just well, and I was thinking like, here's an example okay. of differences in England and in America and other so like if a CEO and a mechanic arrived at the checkout line at the same time. Yeah. I think in that world, the mechanic stepped back and says, sorry, my good sir, and lets him go first. Sure, just sure, because sure. he's a CEO. Now, yeah. if anything, the world would say to the CEO, F you, you're privileged. The mechanic's going first. What the? Um, uh, no, that's still not how the world works. But I see your point. That there would be people who would You don't say, think if you put that as a social experiment on the internet and said... Where are they? At the grocery store. You think at the if you were at H-E-B uh-huh. and, a C, like, and you were watching a mechanic and a CEO get to the thing at the same time, the, the girl at the register would yell, Not you, CEO! That's no, what no, you no, think no. would happen? No, no. I think if... Good point. I think, though, that if you put this scenario up on the internet and let people vote they're sure. arriving at the same time who should go first i think by the millions out of spite and anger people are going to vote for the mechanic to go first yeah but that's in some sort of like hyper but i guess my, my point is that cultural norms would have said that in in downton abbey that Lord Grantham get to go through the line first. Sure. And even the working class would have said Lord Grantham should go first. That's what's right and good now. Yeah. Now people have the freedom of conscience to be like, hell no, he's no better than any other human being. He can wait his turn. And that's yeah. a good thing. Sure. You don't think that's the general attitude of people? I do. But that's not what you said. Like, who gets to go first? They both got there at the same time. Yeah. So nobody got there first. Yeah. So I think... I think Maybe I see. I do see your point, but I actually think it's one of those things that like most people don't care. Okay. Enough. Well. What know. if it was you? You would be like, Mr. CEO. Come oh on yeah, through. I would. Yes, I would. So you're not. But the that's only, about being a three. But you're not the only one like that. Well, yeah, all the threes would vote if he's smart. He'll let the guy go first. <laughs> um, Maybe this is his. Um, this is that. Uh, what's that movie with Will Smith? Oh, um, with his kid? Yeah. Pursuit of happiness. Yeah, maybe this is his moment in the car with the Rubik's Cube with the executive. Like, uh. you never know. Treat the guy with respect. Be extravagant. Could could develop into an opportunity. Yeah. But that's I, like, that's a schmarmy three looking well, for an maybe, opportunity. And maybe this is me, right? It's like, I think most people, or I would hope most people would be like, um, I don't know, like, what do you guys think? And then they'd be like, some, like, they could choose among, but like amongst themselves who gets to go first. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, how the problem is actually solved is a completely different dynamic than my point about if you let people vote on the internet, everybody's going to vote for the mechanic because of where we are culturally and our attitudes towards working class versus cultural elite. I think I have a problem with the word everyone. I think maybe like a lot of younger people would do that. Oh, uh, like, okay. Maybe if we put this on TikTok, like 95% of people would vote for the mechanic. Not 95. Oh, you just mean because it's a younger 
platform. If you put it on Facebook, though. <laughs> okay, so your point is about baby boomers. My point is, right, my point is that I still, th- I actually still think most people would be like, oh, the CEO, obviously. See, I think, though, that's what's part of the crazy thing about American neoliberalism. Okay. Is that we are taught to cheer for the pull yourself up by your bootstraps narrative. So even the cultural elite in posture are taught to cheer for the blue collar worker and their plight in that moment and to celebrate it and to market it and to profit from it. So I think even like, I mean, I can't tell you how many feel good. Look at this overcome stories. Babies boomers send me about so-and-so worked hard and that's, that's the righteous individual. They're also the ones who like had like the Ford plants in, um, Flint, Michigan, right? Like they, they, they are those people. Sure. Like when that worked in America. Right. So I think too, they would side in large numbers with that. They don't have the disdain for the CEO that the millennial has. No, I don't, I don't think they'd say the mechanic gets to go first. I do. I think they might say like, who cares? Somebody go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know that they cho- like choose. Okay. Well, we're probably just beating this thing with it. Also, I think it was like yelling a moment ago. So sorry about that, <laughs> listener. Well, clearly there are undertones here that are about bigger things that we constantly argue about. <laughs> yeah. Coming out. Uh, but I, this is strange. I w- this is strange to note, though. What? That you like, you think everyone feels that way. About the mechanic? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just social media. I don't know. Sure, that has to okay, be. Okay, fine. 90% of people would vote for the mechanic. Okay. This would be very interesting. Should we try it? Who's going to vote for the CEO? Should we try it on T- the... Tell me a person, a concrete person, that's going to vote for the CEO. It's such a strange, like, act, like, example. But it's at the heart of the Downton Abbey thing about the caste system, the implicit caste system in this country. It's I, I, They got there at the exact same time. I truly would be like anybody. Well, yeah. Again, the actual situation would probably most people would be deferential and not even think about it and not care. Okay, so but your point is larger. Like, my so point is an opportunity that's presented to both of these people. Yes, my point is, given the opportunity I to make see. a choice, people are going to point to the indicator that stresses the dismantling of the implied social caste system, and not only point to it, they're going to cheer for that. Sure, I see. Okay, 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 okay. I see. Um, yeah. So you were still kind of like, what would actually happen is kind of where your head was. Yes, I was oh, definitely okay. stuck inside the like. Yeah, no, it was completely a hypothetical for the point of the discussion. Right. So it, I see. Yeah, I think. I yeah, I think. Um, well, here's another example of this. So I it texted you and Kathy earlier. I'd watched an episode of, of um, Amazing Race. Yeah. There's a contestant who was wrongfully accused of murder and put in jail for. 10 years, okay? Uh-huh. I don't know a lot about his story. Maybe he comes from a wealthy family and is rich. I don't know. Sure. But he's on there, and the Holderness family, do you know who they are? Um, yeah, they're one of those, fa- there's one of those, like... Internet sensation it, families. Social media families. Yeah, right? I, I like them. Their stuff's funny. I watch it. I am at a, I like, my instincts, without researching anything, I tell Lindsay, I'm like, oh, the, the guy who's in jail better win. They already have success. They already have fame. That's that instinct, I think. It's like, they already have privilege. Give it to the other person. They deserve it more. Sure. I think that is dominant in American consciousness now. So, and would you say that's... That's against the Downton Abbey thread. That's the mechanic winning at the checkout line. Sure. 
But do, and what is your response to that? Are you saying that's bad or neutral or? Um, no, I'm just pointing out how I think we've evolved from the early part of the 20th century. Sure. In imagination. Yeah. Both in America and in England. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, sorry. We just belabored the point, people. We beat the dead <laughs> yeah. horse for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... Um, I only have one other thing on my list before you can interject yours or you can interject yours now. Um, should we talk about the Dallas Cowboys for a minute? We can. I don't think you're going to like my thoughts. Oh, I'm interested now. So Tell me all of them. One, and, and I feel like in, in part I can make this with... With emotional fury, because Mike McCarthy was our coach for 13, 15 years. Sure. That play call is exactly why I'm glad he has gone. Like, to the T. Yeah. Like, I would rip my hair out in games. Like, why the hell, did you out make- of all the options you had in the universe, yeah. did you make that play call? Right. Like, I was frustrated for Dallas fans living my own residual trauma right. when I watched that unfold. I just wanted to scream at the television. Why the hell would you take a chance? Why would I not like that take? Well, that's not the other thing. The other thing is, um, I I disagree that it was any way, shape, or form the umpire's fault. The umpire? Yeah, the umpire, the guy who has to reset the ball. Um, Yeah, that's what I've heard everyone saying. Okay, well then beyond that. Or that seems to be the general Yeah, beyond that, I'm just like, yeah, it just sucks. I, I hate that for Dallas fans. That it was like, it was, I mean, that it is Dak's job to get, or somebody's job. Dak should have got the ball. To get him the ball. the ball. I think that's, I think that's true. It was so horrible to watch. Yeah. No, but still, the, the primary la- blanket layer of, of blame is Mike McCarthy's. Okay. The secondary, Dax, but that's hard in a the, moment. But the whole game was bad. Well, yeah, 14 penalties. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just wasn't good. Um, I mean, I think, truthfully, if they play each other ten times, Dallas wins seven. Yeah. And they happen to play one of those three. Yeah. It was a bummer. and But I couldn't handle it. Immediately, I was like, Kathleen had the remote. And I was like, change it, change it, change it, change oh, it, change it. I've lost those games, and they just put me in such a foul mood. Those it's, kinds of games. It's so horrible. Yeah. Well, and I just needed the like energy to be out of the room. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No, I like, know exactly what emotions you're talking about. I have to, I have to go, to go, to go, to go. Um, and I just love Dak so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, his story is so compelling yeah. and, um, and then the injury and to come back from it. Yeah. And, and also we just haven't friggin' won a playoff game in like 14 years. Did you see the Micah Parsons comment after the game? No. So Micah Parsons was talking about how Dak's his leader uh-huh. and how he loves Dak. Uh-huh. Dak went around and asked every player on the team to give $500, like in a hat, uh-huh. so that they could pay... The practice squad because they don't get paid for playoff games. <gasps> Isn't that great? Yes. That kind of stuff is great leadership. Yeah, really great leadership. So I do like. Why that. don't they get paid for playoff games? Well, I'm sure they get paid in some sense. I don't know how it works, or maybe it's like they get paid less for playoff practices yeah. or something. I don't know how it works. Or they might just be on contracts that right. like don't. Right. And I know they make. Well, no, they make decent money, but it's nothing like. Yeah. What like people? It's not like you make. do this for three years and you can retire. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it, but you're still like putting your body through that. And you're living in a city of the major market, and those are standard rates. Not yeah. like you get more if you're practicing in L.A. versus. Right. So, can't imagine being the Niners practice squad. It must suck. San Francisco or New York. Truly. Yeah. Dallas is probably like middle of the road. I would think so. Dallas I think doesn't Kansas seem overwhelming. City's like super fun. 
Yeah. You could probably live like, you know. Can you imagine Green Bay? (laughs) (laughs) You could probably buy a house (laughs) on the practice squad. That's so funny. 200,000 people. Uh, Wait, it goes bigger than Green Bay. Yeah. That is funny. Um, well, funny for some people, and then probably maddening for other people. I mean, you're Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like $30 million a year. Right. You can, you can buy the city. Yeah, truly. I don't know. I've never been to Green Bay. I'm sure it's a nice place. Uh, it's very oh. unimpressive if you care about, like, slick new architecture and cutting-edge restaurants. And sure. I don't super care about that. I live in Waco, Texas. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Good people. Yeah. Meat great pa- pe- Meat packers. Great people. <laughs> okay. Well... Um, I have one other thing unless you want to talk more about the Cowboys. Um, hey, they're close. They're really close. Yeah. But I guess on the other hand, like they're good enough already and they maybe should have That won. is exactly it. You know what I mean? It's like they, it's, it's not really like they're so, I mean, they are so close, but also it's kind of like, no, nah, they're ready and they well, just didn't make it happen. And I feel like there's some good parody again this year in the NFL. I mm-hmm. mean, the NFL always is the most successful at this, but like the top four teams in the NFC mm-hmm. and the AFC can all beat each other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Bengals can't beat the Chiefs, but other than that, I think yeah, anybody can beat anybody. I do like Patrick Mahomes too. So I don't. Yeah, he's likable. I got somebody to root for. Okay, one more thing. Okay. So I think somewhere along the line, I picked up the notion that it's not possible mm-hmm. for an asteroid to hit the Earth. Or I mean, obviously it's possible. Like if that were to happen, we would know that years out. Like because they can sure. calculate the. The trajectories, okay? Yeah. So maybe it's just because we um, we just uh, don't look up. Don't look up, But yeah. I feel like every week in the news now, there's like, oh, watch this asteroid. It's going to come dangerously close to the Earth. Like, yeah. You know? And is it like media just like, ooh, here's fodder that'll get people to click? No, um, I don't think so because I was recently reading an article about an asteroid that like did hit the Earth. Okay. But it was like small enough that it didn't do much or something. Or like actually what happened was when it got into Earth's atmosphere, it broke up, you know? Well, that's usually what happens, right? Which I guess is always the hope, yeah. Okay. Um, and then do you think if it was like everything was ever going to happen, they just wouldn't tell us? <laughs> it's just like, let's just live the last couple of months. And Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, I do think that it's like that's what's interesting and don't look up is that the government truly would not have told us, right? Uh-huh. But, like, because there were these scientists that wanted to talk about it. It would be chaos. If they announced that, people would lose their, and they would go pilfer. They'd probably be murders. Yeah. There'd be all this. People would murder each other, I Yeah, think. for sure. Like, I think there are a lot of people who would be like, I'm only alive for six more months anyway, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I you would see am some still, dark... I'm really mad at this person or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, court system. Yeah. Of course, then it's like you get arrested. You spend your last three months in a cell block. That'd be miserable. That would be horrible. But some people are just that mad. And I also think there would be people who would just, like, leave their jobs. Even at, like, like you you know, you imagine at a prison that maybe people would be like, I'm not going to spend my last months here, Mm -hmm. like, working here. I'm just going to go home. And can you imagine, like, credit cards? Credit would be meaningless. Yes. People would, like... There would be demand issues everywhere. There would be supply chain problems. People would buy caviar and steaks. I don't really understand credit anyway, so I'd be living the same life. Well, that is fake money. It is fake money. Also, I didn't realize it's only America that has, like, credit scores. Hmm. Why do they... That's not... That's not fair. Part of the market, man. (sighs) Kathleen sent me a really funny... Oh, 
Kathleen sent me a really funny TikTok today. Okay. Um, do you want to listen to it? Well, will it make sense for listeners without context? Yeah, you don't have to watch it, I think. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Let's give it a whirl. Um, let me find it. Uh, it's about the market in some way. Um, now, you know I'm a little more pro-market than you are. Well, no. Don't, don't worry. Pretty lady, can you explain NFTs? <laughs> I can. You must be a man. Right. And then you say, hmm, I'm not satisfied with having the easiest course of life in human history. I think I would also like to own something that doesn't exist. And then you give some other person who I guess doesn't have to be a man, but probably is thousands of dollars. And they say, you own this thing. She does wink. And they say, are you sure? And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a little post-it note that says you own it. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Pretty lady, can you explain? And then in the caption, it says, uh, it's like owning a thought. Yeah. So. Different way to trademark something. Sure. There's a good chance that um, NFTs are going to be in the sermon on Sunday. Really? We're talking about authenticity. Okay. Somebody um, sent me a tweet the other day that said, um, at least Beanie Babies like were a thing. <laughs> yeah. NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah. Well, guess what time it is. Time for a quiz. A quiz. Woo. Well, let's try it. Okay. Taylor, you know what time it is? <laughs> time for a quiz. One, two, three. Quiz, quiz time. time. Oh, yeah. Oh, we I forgot. It. Okay. I Great am job. working on a little side project. Okay. In the same fashion, one might have like a quiet time or devotionals. Yeah. I um, I do a little kind of knowledge stimulation exercise. Love that. Right now, I'm working on memorizing every country in the world. I had so, to take a, in college, uh-huh. in order to graduate, uh-huh. I had to take a world map quiz. It's hard because of all these small region, city, state things that yeah. are technically countries. So I'm going to do South America, which okay. is one of Ooh. the smallest. Okay, scary. But you get a, um, you get a, you get Josh Carney hints on each of the countries. I love that. Okay. We'll but see how many you can get. Are you going to give them to me right away or if I need it? Um, well, you can just kind of name the countries you already know that are in South America. But be careful, because if you say it's Central American country, you're going to lose a point. <gasps> okay. Yeah, so be sure it's in the South. Okay. Ready? Begin. Brazil. Yep. Argentina. Yes. Chile. Yes. Um, Uruguay. Yes. Paraguay. Whew, you got like 50% of the landmass covered more. How many are there? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-ish. We'll, we'll talk about this at the end. Okay. Uh, uh, Peru. Yes. Um, You're doing very good. Thank you. You got uh, most of the South covered. Okay, yeah, and then is where it gets it gets confusing. There are one, two, three, four, five-ish countries on top. You haven't got any of those. Okay. Six on top, we'll see. Okay. We, okay, can you start giving me clues? Now? Okay, I am the country associated with the sunshine. Because I'm on a stripe that runs around the earth. 
Oh, Ecuador. Yes. Oh my gosh, okay. that's fun. I am the host of Narcos. Oh. I don't... I, I've never I watched... I am also a popular winter fashion brand that has spread out to just general clothes now. Um, The the fashion brand. <laughs> yes. I can think of the jackets. Yep. Okay, I can't think of the name though, so let me keep thinking and you tell me another clue. Okay. Um... I think saying this name is fun. Um, it utilizes one of the letters on the back end of her alphabet. It doesn't get used a lot. Okay. Um, I um, it, it has, in pronunciation at least, a similar um, phonetic structure sound to somebody on our leadership team's last name. Okay. Wow, it's like the ones I knew, I really knew, and then you I'm did. having a hard time with these. Okay. Um. Hold on, Patagonia. Wait. Okay. Patagonia is in South America. Okay. It is in Argentina. Okay. But that is not a country. No. Is that the you're thinking of the jacket? The jacket. No, this is something else. Okay, different jackets. Um. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Uh, that same one, the Jackets uh-huh. and the Narcos host, uh-huh. is also a capital city of a U.S. state. Okay, this isn't a guess because I think it's okay. in, um, I think it's in Central America. This is a question I have for okay. you: Is Colombia in Central America? Colombia, you're right. It's Colombia. Colombia, okay. you ever seen Colombia Jackets? Um, Columbia yes. Brands. Yeah. Okay. And that was where Narcos from. Okay. And I think it's Colombia, South Carolina is the capital. Okay. Okay. Um. Their leadership team person's last name. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Hold on. Let me think of everybody. Not Taylor, not Kathy, okay. not Jose. Okay. Not um, Davis. Okay. Not uh, oh, yeah. Lucy. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so is it Sandoval? No. Nope, I not. mean, is that the last name? No. Oh. Not Bryce. There's one other person. Yeah. Um. Not Maddie. Really, right? What? Ben Rayleigh. Nope, not Rayleigh. What? Who? I'm so Katie. Wrong. Oh, oh, um. But it's not Valenzuela. That's her last name. Right, that's her last name. It's very close. It's, um. This is what I called her when I first met her. Oh. <laughs> you called her this? Yeah. Valenzuela. Um. I can't. Find the country. Now I can only think of Katie Valenzuela. You ready? Yeah. Venezuela. 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 Yeah. Okay. Now the ones next to Venezuela are probably the hardest, most obscure. Okay. So I don't know that you, even with, um, okay. When you get married. Yeah. If you lose your last name. Yes. You take. No, no, never mind. When you're introducing somebody. Yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ. Superstar. Christ is not his last name. No. Nor is it his this. Sometimes referred to as a different name for last name. Uh, different. His maiden name? Well, that would be somebody who's married. Right, yeah. No, it's sometimes I think the British say surname. Oh, surname. So there's a country called Suriname. 
Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to guess and that And then one. the other one that is we get less reported on is Guyana. Guyana, yeah. And then there's French... French Guiana, Guiana, Guiana or yeah, something yeah. like that, yes. Then there's also the Falkland Islands, mm. which I'm not sure. Again, so French Guyana is part of France. Falkland Islands is UK, so I think it's kind of like Puerto Rico in the US. Yeah. So, Very good, Taylor. Thank you. You got Argentina, I... Chile, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia. Uh-huh. Oh, there's one more. Okay. <gasps> a, um, a male cow is called... Male cow is called a. Ooh, I know the answer to this, but I don't know. Not a, not a heifer. It's a heifer. It's not a heifer. A male cow is a. Oh, I'm sorry. A male cow, a bull. Okay, that's the beginning. Okay. Bull. Cephas. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that text right here with my yeah. family is a lot today. Yeah. Um, the the answer is Bolivia. 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 Have you ever been to those countries? No, I've never been to South America. I think I would like some of the southern South American countries. I think I would love Chile, Argentina regions. Argentina. Well, and the yeah, the more southern countries are they speak Spanish, which I'm much more familiar with. Okay. Well, I don't yeah, I'm, I'm not good. And Brazil speaks Portuguese. Portuguese. Brazil is certainly the most dominant country in South America, right? The and largest. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. They also have um a couple of other huge ones. Isn't Portaleza? Brazil. Yeah, I feel like Brazil is regularly on the Amazing Race. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would love to do. I think Argentina. What's the What's that movie? Was Madonna in a movie called Evita? Uh huh. What's that one thing she would sing? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The truth is, I never left you. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> oh, that was that was a fun quiz. Yeah. So there are a hundred, really according to my quiz. A hundred and like ninety three total countries, uh-huh. and I'm gonna tell you, one hundred and sixty. Oh, great! Let me tell you the the Asia region with Kyr- Kyrg- Kyrgyzstan. Oh, like and so, Uzbekistan, like, sort Turkmenistan, the stands north eastern. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's like you're looking at like west of um or north, China. northwestern. I mean, yes, yeah, that stuff is. is it's like sort of a mix of like Russia and, and then and the Oceania, so like and then the Asian Pacific. That's a uh-huh. lot of islands to memorize and work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm getting there. Good job. I, a couple of years ago, took it, the thing I decided, one of the things I wanted to do um, was, li- like, be able to fill out a map of all the states. Yeah. So not nearly as exciting as the world, but mm-hmm. my brother recently asked his friends how many states they could name, and they all were like, I don't know, maybe 10. No. That's what he, that's what he said to them. No, that's just bizarre and offensive. But then he was like, name states, and they were like, uh, Texas, California, Florida. <laughs> I don't know, but we also had to take an American state math quiz. I am a very spatial geographical thinker. Are you? I regularly use Google Maps just to look at the world. Yeah, I'm not, but it has recently become a thing that it's like, I like knowing where they are, where everything is. I like knowing where everything is. What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, do you want to know what one of my resolutions is this year? Yeah, I do. I want to make myself like bell peppers. Oh, that's an interesting commitment. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean interesting? Well, like, why would you make yourself like anything? Mostly because I would like my food to look prettier and not, so almost like red and yellow bell peppers, because a lot of time I leave out a bell pepper in a recipe, but then everything's like white or brown. Yeah. And I don't like that. 
So I want to add some color. And also, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. They're another vegetable. It will be another source of nutrients, you know? Yeah. So there you go. I'm an adult. I can make myself like bell peppers if I want to. I haven't succeeded yet, but well, I haven't trying. really been trying. So. Yeah. Good luck. We'll, we'll check back in on this. Thank you. Thank you. Taylor, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Okay. And Taylor, I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor today. Yes, our sponsor. Waco Lock and Key. Waco Lock and Key. They will do everything for you from skeleton keys to the keys for your house, which you can honestly do at Lowe's. What I'm talking about, though, is the state-of-the-art cunning. Can I tell you this? I walked into their store, uh-huh. and I needed a new key. Uh-huh. You know what they did? What? They took me to this other room, and they was like, look up. And there was a bunch of keys in there flying with wings. And then she handed me a brood and said, go get the right one. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a pretty sophisticated storefront they have. No, <laughs> on a less um, lying or less uh, sarcastic, yeah. facetious um, note, uh, I did take in my, my van key fiab. Mm-hmm. So like all your electronic keys, those sorts of things, mm-hmm. they can fix and handle. They, they can, can program. Yeah, they can do it all. My little clicker isn't working. Take it to Waco Lock and Key. The other thing is it'll be surprisingly cheap to fix. Okay. You've been putting it off for years thinking, I'm going to have to go to the dealership and spend thousands of dollars on a new one. They're going to gouge me. Yeah. No, go to Waco Lock and Key. They'll hook you up. Great people. Call them at 254-214-3024 to see if they've got what you need. Or go visit them at 3501 Bosque Boulevard. Boop, boop. And um, I guarantee you, you won't be... Dis- Brand new storefront they redid a year or two ago. It looks great. Also, I'm... Um I walked out of the house when we were trying to get to a football game one day, mm-hmm. and as soon as I heard the door lock behind me, I realized I didn't have my keys. Wasn't a problem for Waco Lock and Key. No, well, I they did come out and yeah, get open the house for us. It's because they're great. Within 15 minutes, we were there by the second quarter. Yep, I love it. It was great. Great customer service. You heard it from us. Yeah. Next time you have key problems, don't get locked out of life. Yeah. Call Waco Lock and Key. And we're back. We're back. All right, Tay. Hey, you know what? So interesting. What? That we did a South America quiz. Because guess what we're going to talk about today? We are going to talk about... Regionalisms. Regionalisms. So you think that the North is very offensive. (laughs) People from the North. I think people from the North are rude more than they need to be. They're certainly less kind. Rude rude about, like... uh, Different regions of the country. Yeah. So you think it's the North picking on the rest of the country? Um. Yeah. More. I, uh, well, I have been told on multiple times. I mean, probably in the hundreds now that I'm a Yankee, <gasps> in in pejorative ter- framing by people. Yeah. So I here's what I here's a fact I know in my head, not my heart. Okay. Is that people from Texas? Are really proud to be from Texas. I was gonna say you picked the wrong state to talk about other people being offensive. And but and that that is seems aggressive to other people. But here's the thing, just because you like being from Texas. But do Texans actually think they're better than everybody else? I don't think I'm better than anybody else. It's because you're a good human. Do I think? Do Texas, on average do Texans think that they're better than other human beings? Um. I think they think Texas is better than other places. Okay. Um, I will say that um, my one of my strongest impressions of Texas before I got here sure. was formed in, I think, the year 2001, the spring of, okay. Survivor Season 2, uh-huh. which uh, was filmed, I think, in Australia. 
Okay. Maybe not. Maybe that was three. Anyways, yeah. one of the earlier scenes, there was a guy named Colby from Texas. I remember him being. And, I haven't watched. Um, I've never watched a season of Survivor. Yeah. People on that show at that point, I don't know how it works now, were allowed to bring any one item. And he brought the Texas flag. Most people would bring something like a survival Helpful. light or a first aid kit or a knife. Colby brought the Texas flag. I respect <laughs> that and understand that so deeply in my heart of hearts. Now, to his credit, it was huge and it did serve as kind of a shelter thing wow. and it had its utility. But um, I'm like, that is everything I thought about Texas and more. Well, and also, you know, here's the thing about it, right? So it, like, I do think that Texans treat the Texas flag a little differently than I feel like the flag code is for, like, the American flag. Yeah. Like, I feel like probably most of Texas was like, hell yes, you should take an Amer- a Texas flag that, like, doubles as other things, th- uh, another thing that you can use or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I feel like with the American flag, a lot of people would have said, like, oh, that's disrespectful. Well, that's um, I will also say this. Not only is this the, and this could be true of Wisconsin, so maybe this qualifier doesn't mean anything. Not only is Texas the only other state, or the only state I know that has a pledge, it is certainly the only state where the kids say it every morning yeah. before school um, and pledge uh, fidelity to the Texas flag. I think pledges are questionable in general. Oh, yeah, completely. <laughs> um, um, but... The Texas flat, but yeah, I think that happened sometime when I was in elementary school. Yeah, like I don't remember always doing it. It is, it is the state where, excuse me, that added since I've moved here, and I know this because my wife's a teacher. Uh-huh. That since I have moved here has added under God to its pledge. Yeah, <laughs> the last twenty years. Yeah, I mean, most people are trying to go the other way. Texas. Yeah has added under God to its mandatory pledge for its state flag. Marty, here's the thing I'll tell you. Marty, if I had gotten in trouble for not saying any pledge in school, mm-hmm. she would have been like, get off my daughter's back. Yeah. Um, and she, also, you know, they added under God to the American pledge in the 50s because of McCarthyism. That surprised. And she was telling, she was always telling me that. She was like, you don't have to say under God. Huh. Um. And so, she's just so funny. I love Marty. It does lend itself to um, sort of nationalism, which is now a problem. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> well, uh, I don't mean to make this about Texans. I'm just sure. Yeah, out that's that not where. There is a regionalism that exists here too. Absolutely. Well, and this is the thing I think. So uh, I brought this up originally to Josh, as like there is a TikTok going around where this girl is talking about how. Um, she's like, I hate it when people, I think she's from like Michigan or something, somewhere way north, you know what I mean? Yep. Somewhere that touches Canada or something. Pretty much. And, um, she's like, I hate it when people from the south say they're cold because she's like, or that it's cold where they are because she's like, I just know it, like, it's never cold there. Hmm. Kind of um, presumptuous. <laughs> well, and a bunch of people like sort of responded to it there was a girl who lived in she's like born and raised in alaska and she'd moved to georgia and she was like there have been times when it has been just as cold as like the coldest day in alaska because it's like a humid like it's a humid coldness Mm. and that that that's what she said i don't know i mean i'm very empathetic with the fact that it's cold here the coldest day in alaska that's what she said it was her experience because I've been here 
for the winter apocalypse last year. Yeah. And that didn't come close to the coolest days. Well, but that wasn't very cold. Those weren't super cold days, I don't feel like. It was just good. It was just a good... Sustained. The weather was good for, like, freezing. Um, yeah. No, the sentiment of the tweet, though, I certainly have experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's Marshall Quick Cook. Okay. Uh, longtime listener. Marshall, we love you. Yeah. He, um, how do you say the speaker, the press secretary's last name, Jen Paskey or Saki? I think it's like Pasaki. Like, I is, do I think, think you pronounce the P. I thought the P was maybe silent. Well, anyways, you know who I'm talking about, listener. Yes. So, short, <laughs> Mar- red, short red hair. Marshall retweets her. Her tweet says, Growing up in the Northeast, I will never understand the. And then it's crossed out. I think it says the closing of stores and restaurants when there is something snow, whatever, whatever. Barely any snow. Yeah. Okay. You can see this tweet crossed out. Okay. So Marshall oh. crossed out. So it just says, growing up in the Northeast, I will never understand. And then he wrote, uh, yeah, we know, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> so same sentiment. That's why I thought you saw it. And like, yeah. But yeah, the regionalism of. No, I didn't oh my gosh. see that. Let me tell you how where I grew up was comparatively made me so superior in this one respect to you. Yes. I did see a funny tweet, though, where this woman was saying like. Every time I talk to people in the South and it's going to snow and it's like they have to go to their house, she was like, they're always being like, need to go get bread and eggs or milk and bread. And she's like, why are y'all getting so much milk and bread? Like, she's like, of course, weird things are happening in your grocery stores in there. She's like, what I do is I go get a bunch of alcohol and a bunch of like comfort food. That's what I do. And she was like, why are y'all just getting milk and bread? Good question. And apparently toilet paper if the world's coming to an end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I that one was funny to me. Like, I thought, like, she wasn't just saying, like, oh, y'all are never prepared for stuff like this. She was saying, like, why do you get lame stuff? It's like, true. you should get more fun stuff. Well, I think those seem like, like the basic building blocks of at least the old food pyramid, right? Yeah. Milk and bread. Yeah. Milk and bread. No, it's, you know, not that. No. Well, no, it depends like on what you're chicken nuggets and mac doing. and cheese. <laughs> But, um yeah well here's but then there are other kinds of regionalisms right like um the thing that makes me more angry than well i should say embarrassingly angry <laughs> is when um southeastern conference fans chant sec when they win all the football games i think that is very rude but <laughs> i have to admit it's because they win all the games but they well here's the thing right they they don't Right, like so, the national championship game was two SEC teams. This That's year they did kind not. of embarrassing. They have had a lot of years in the past dominated, and yeah, they've dominated that number one spot for like every other year. The SEC has won it now for at least every other year. Sometimes that one stretch was seven years in a row. Yeah, before Florida State finally won and beat yeah. Auburn. Yeah. So I mean, they have right to claim. But I'm just saying that's another form of regionalism that I hate. And then sometimes the regionalisms will work against you. You start with Florida man in your Google search, right? Or if you're from California, that's true. There are California specific jokes that are probably inappropriate to tell. But is yeah, and is um, I do think though. Did I tell you about when my brother came to the OU game? No. So as soon as we and this I think was a sort of Big Twelve phenomenon this year, as soon as it became clear that we were gonna win. Mm-hmm. He was like, when do we get to start chanting SEC? <laughs> like, when do we get to do that? And um, I was like, I just think maybe when it's like closer to, because it was like, I think the, 
end of the third quarter. Maybe it was more like the that game like was in hand. Eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, or something like that. And but even that feels early to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I said probably when we're a little closer. And then truly, like it was like this. Someone truly, I think someone started being like S, and Jacob was like E C S E C. Like he was so <laughs> ready, and it was so funny. Um, so that kind of thing will backfire on you, you know. It'll backfire. Now let's talk about the north-south dynamic. Okay. That is, in some sense, historical and derived from the, at least the narrative of the Civil War. Sure. Let me tell you this. Um, so I will gladly concede that there's a kind of cultural elitism to the North because sure. they feel like they were on the right winning side when, in fact, racism was obviously just as rampant in the Has North. Has always been everywhere, right? Yeah. That being said, I'll never forget, when I was a park ranger, uh-huh. I was doing evening walks in the park uh-huh. and um, met a family. Uh-huh. And, for example, at the end of the, um, the walk, uh-huh. this um, dad who had been trying to piqued my interest the whole time because he knew went to seminary oh. say something like well uh, whenever I teach Hebrews I teach about the five irrefutable you know like uh-huh. oh will you please bite and converse with me about this because sure. I have so much to teach you uh-huh. seminary and I'm going to show you good, which good. like i just like I don't care you may know all the things I just well, but mostly th- it's like so you have an idea who this guy is right sure, yeah. homeschools all of his kids okay okay so we're on the middle of the walk and um after trying to proselytize me and get me saved, like the th- the 13-year-old girl. Um, How did he know for sure you weren't saved? The girl? Oh, wh- there was the girl trying yeah, to proselytize trying to, you? Well, because I wasn't at their Bible church, probably, wherever. Oh, okay. In the middle of So they're nowhere. from around here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just because I went to seminary. I mean, that's cemetery, Taylor. You know? Right, yeah, they will. So anyhow, um, after Jesus she tried right to get me here. saved and asked me how I knew I wasn't going to hell, um, uh, she we proceeded to talk about history of the u.s uh-huh. and she um we the civil war came up and she was very emphatic that i understood that the war was not about slavery it was about states rights right okay i i almost find this offensive like i understand that on paper the way that the politics of the thing involved were uh, about states rights wink wink yeah but um here's the truth of it it was about states rights to, to own to slaves. slaves it right. was about slavery yeah yeah like, let's just be honest about that. Yeah. And it is strange to me that people can't admit it. And I can also admit this. The only reason the North was not or was on the other side of this is because they didn't have economies set up that were already dependent on slaves. Right. That's why it was easy for them to feel the way they did. Well, this comes up in Hamilton. No. Oh. When it's like Hamilton is from New York and Thomas Jefferson lived, as you know, in Virginia, which was then the South. I mean, it's still technically the South, but every time someone says it, I'm like, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you a question, though. Okay. Okay, so the South, and I think Texas is an exception in so many ways. Yeah. Right? Like, it's its own cultural thing. In the same way that Virginia is really unique, too, right? Right. That's where the, the North and South meet. But the South, and Florida is an exception because culturally it's a way different mixed bag. But right. the South has a reputation, some of it good, some of it pejorative, Okay. Sure. The pejorative stuff is that it's like um, the slow, dumb right. Appalachian. Okay. I mean, and the racism. Yes. So um, now some of that is is offensive just because it shouldn't be used as a tool to 
make judgments about people. Sure. But some of that is a direct result of political policy, right? And people persist in systems that make those things a reality. Oh, you mean like that education is maybe yes, not Yes, case in point. Texas, sure. I mean, a staggering amount of Californians are moving here. We're second most moved into state in the country right now. Yeah. Large exodus from from California. Yes. Um, but our education is still 45th, 46 out of 50. Right. Right. So um, on the one hand, I think like there should be a real hesitancy to to make judgments about the South. On the other hand, I'm wondering as somebody who feels very strongly about justice issues, does it not make you mad that these are by and large states that handcuff themselves with their public policy and kind of well, earn this the is, badge? If you're speaking, and this is like even within the history of the United States, which is overall a short time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't speak to all of it. I don't know all about it. But like, you know, so my grandfather was a Democratic politician in Texas in like the 60s and 70s. So it's like, I mean, when I was growing up in Texas, we had a Democratic governor. You know what I mean? Like, um, in some ways, this is a new, like, you know, that um, so much of it comes through churches and religion and the idea that being a good person is being a Republican. Mm-hmm. And so much of that came around in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I always wonder what Ann Rice is. Not Ann Rice. Ann... What's her name? Um, the Texas governor? Yeah. Ann... Richards. Richards. What her Texas was like. Uh, it was different. Uh, I mean, like, I felt... I feel like I felt the difference. Do you know what I mean? As a child, even. Um, and... It... Uh, so I don't know how different it was exactly. Do you know what I mean? But uh, I know like every election year of my life, Marty has been like, this is the year we go back blue. And <laughs> it's never that happened. Happen. <laughs> um, and I know I'm obviously slowly turning into my mother because the last like several, I've also been like, this is the time and never. But um yeah, obviously. Well, and even this is like, right? There is sort of a cultural, larger, um, sort of northern feeling that gets expressed sometimes of like, well, why should we even help states like Texas? It's hopeless. Mm. But it's like, that's not my experience. I mean, it's not like everyone I meet here is a Republican. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do counterpoint, think it's hard. When like so that the electric grid failure is like a quintessential Texas example, sure, of a persistence to maintain. Um, I can't think of that word. Um, not just independence, but whatever, from the rest of the country's power grid. Sure. So that they can continue to implement policy that keeps energy prices as low as it can, meanwhile creating an infrastructure disaster. That eventually is going to bite the rest of the country or the state in the ass. Then wanting to turn around and ask for federal help. That's frustrating. Yeah, I guess. I guess my response, though, is like literally no one in Texas wanted that. Why and what? I think Greg Abbott has acted. I mean, like, so sure. It's like we had. No, no, no. Every infra- Republican voter. Infrastructure who put failures. Republicans in office. 
who voted for policy that refused to spend money on upgrading uh, uh, energy infrastructure for years. Sure. Wanted that. Now, do I think that was explicitly on the mind of the consumer every time they voted? No. That issue was so far down the list to maybe unknownst. Yeah. But people certainly voted with their um, their their glee of having a uh, privately choice, choice, you know, privately owned public or public choice energy market. I know, but it still discounts like all the good work that has been done in Texas in like the past several years. I mean, we the reality is we the past several years we have been a, like a relatively purple state. Do you know what I mm. mean? Like. It's like people are, and I do think that the reaction to that grid failure was that people became more aware of issues like that. And I am hopeful that the thing that will happen is that Greg Abbott will be voted out of office. Like he is a spectacularly, he has spectacularly poor morals. He is a bad governor. Well, by your standards. And I think there are more people than ever that would say by their standards as well. I know, but um, what, four years ago, five years ago, not the case. He was reelected. Sure. And this is how you view all people? What do you mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, so... No, I'm very lost. Like, so just like if someone lives in a blue state or a red state or if the governor's good or bad, you're like, you think you take that into account every time like this is the strange thing to me about the attitude is like there's infrastructure failures that happen everywhere yes but not all of them is so directly tied to public policy choices yeah i i mean i see what you mean i think i'm not trying to punish the purple voters or even the well i think even the red voters i'm just saying yeah this is a direct result that particular example of that no i of a texas attitude that directly affected the state how is it a Texas attitude? Everything's bigger and better in Texas, including we being the only state in the union that has its own power electric grid. I don't think anybody feel, was feels that way. I think, and I don't, I have not researched this. I would be willing to bet a significant amount of money that the persistence and autonomy is directly related to a Texas attitude about maintaining as much independence from the rest of the federal government as they can. Why in Texas is it that and not just a conservative attitude? Um, well, because, again, and this is why I point to the electric grid as an example. There are other, other states that have this attitude and maybe even would like the autonomy that Texas has and can afford to give itself because I think probably because of its fiscal and oil history. But um, Texas is like... I mean, Texas is always the state's talking about seceding, right? Like, there's just a thing about Texas. But it's like a, it's like a joke. Nobody means that. About seceding? Yes. Um, you don't think there are people in Texas who would actually like to secede? Of course, but I think they're insane. How many Republican voters do you think that vote for Abbott would be open to seceding? I know that's guesswork, but what would you guess? I don't... I mean, I don't know. I think there are a number of people who would be open to succeeding, but it depends on, like, the plan. Yeah. But also, it's like we, I mean, people like to feel unique. Do you know what I mean? If other states had that, they would also talk about it. Yeah, I guess, into like, I'm always trying to 
name my own subject perspective. Uh-huh. I'm just saying when I gave the Colby example at the beginning, I didn't have that impression about any other state in the union that I wasn't familiar with them from. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. This is interesting. This is not the conversation we set out to have. But um, I don't. It's so strange to me that people to me. It's so strange that people care so much about Texas. Uh, about the fact that people from Texas really like being from Texas. Like, why is that upsetting? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't. That's a good question. Because the the attitude outside of the state, I don't think is just people like being from Texas. It's that they think they're better than you because they're from Texas. Well, you said it before, or that Texas is better than other states. Yeah, this is the thing. It reminds me of a thing Kathleen always says. Kathleen is always laughing at her own jokes, like mm-hmm. every single one of them. And she's like, if you can't be your best hype man, what are you even doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so to me, it feels like I do love the state I'm from. I love the things I know about it. I'm going to talk about them and all the like all of the good experiences I have here. Do you know what I mean? But I feel everyone. I don't. I feel like everyone should feel that way about their own state. Yeah. Except. Maddie is always going on and on about Oklahoma, and I don't feel that way about Oklahoma. God bless her. (laughs) But other than that, I feel like everyone should... Like, why is it intimidating that I love my state? Why can't you just also love your state? You know what I mean? There is room for that. Again, I... And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm in I mean, here's the thing. It is like a persistent feedback loop. It's like that Texans are weird. Or that it's like they're weird about how much they love the Texas or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it must be that something's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, um, I'm i trying to think of a way to craft a, a poll for Instagram to yeah. solicit outside opinions that is even-handed. Cause it, but it does also feel that like when people move into state, this happened at some point last year. Um, Jamie was like, uh, it happened a lot in first of all it happened a lot in seminary I had a friend from Mississippi who was like everybody knows Texas is like embarrassing and conservative and I was like you ratified the 13th amendment in your state like a minute ago <laughs> so I'm not ready to talk to you about that you know yeah. and like a couple or a lot of this happened last year Jamie was like only in Texas does everybody always try to run animals over and I was like what are you talking he was like everybody knows that about texas they just are always running people's pets over in the street (laughs) and i was like what in the world are you talking about you know i mean i think it's like the reason i hate the the lakers and the yankees and the cowboys it's like you know it's like whoever's on top that's who everybody aims at right yeah but we're not really on top (laughs) well i mean they're about to be though like in terms of economic, all the things, I think Texas, Texas is going to overtake California. Is going to have a moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's like that's not why I. That'll make me less like ready to right. talk about Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the other thing. There is like a pure purism. That's not a word. Uh, something pure about like certain pockets of Texas that like I think about Groon, Texas, or I think about um, yeah, you know, Shiner. I think about. Austin before 2004. Right, yeah. Or I think about the Riverwalk before it was commercialized. Right, yeah. There are some really just great cultural, beautiful pieces. Like cool things, yeah. Big Ben, you know, just right, right. really great things. Um, and my my feeling in Texas is if I ever do move away, 
it's going to be a great thing to talk about with people. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Texas was this. and te like, Yeah, people like to talk about Texas. Um, so I, I, I don't ever mean to give the impression that I'm against Texas. Right. I just, um, having grown up outside of it, come into it. Um, There's a lot. It took some getting used to. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I also have to reckon with this. I think, given the fact that I moved here, have never geographically even lived very far from a major Big 12 university. Right. Uh, lead a congregation of predominantly privileged, white, highly educated people. My experience of Texas is a very specific thing. That's true. That's probably pretty true. So. Now, I will also say, like when I was reaching for that thing that this purist, what people love, I do think the show Friday Night Lights yeah. captured that sort of whimsical fancy that if if Texas can woo people with its endearing presence was a really good attempt. I just finished watching the whole series over again. And I will say I took a break in the last season. I don't know. I don't love the last season. Um, and I think probably it's because it wasn't supposed to get – they wanted to do one more or something. I can't remember. Yeah, there was – it. what happened was NBC had it. Mm -hmm. NBC stopped producing it, and then it was early in the, like the TiVo game. Uh-huh. So it wasn't TiVo, but it was like a third-party obscure carrier, mm -hmm. like Comcast or somebody bought the rights to f make seasons f four and five, I think it was, or oh, something like the that. whole like the whole East Dillon, both of those. Seasons? I can't remember if it was four and five or just five. Okay. But yeah, it got it got bought. The rights got bought by somebody else, and they finished it. Yeah. Um, and I think tell you what, NBC Tim, Tim Riggins is one of the best characters ever. He, well, he to me is like quintessentially like a person who loves Texas. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, so, anyways, yeah, this is interesting. Buddy Garrity, yeah, Applebee's. That I love all that stuff. Yeah. But, you, I mean, there's also some white supremacy subtext in that show for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Obviously, that, yeah. That are true, not even tend to be bad or good, just true. Yes. Um, and some, like, white saviorism stuff yeah. mm -hmm. going on. Um, but I will tell you what. Um, spoilers for all of Friday Night Lights. But um, the end is really moving. Like, the last episode... Yeah. Is really moving. And it also brings up some sort of nostalgia. Like, uh, you know, they, for some reason, it's like Matt and Julie Taylor are back in town. Mm -hmm. And so is Tyra. And Tim Riggins gets out of jail. And even that is like, they go to Buddy Garrity's bar and sit around. And I was like, oh, I've had this moment. You yeah. know, like, yep. it all the way through. And yeah. then at the end, end, the fact that he... um. That they do move and, you know, he kind of says to Tammy Taylor, like, it gets to be, it, it gets to be your turn. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very. Oh, yeah. I remember writing about that as a really um, great feminist narrative. Yeah. And the, the idea that, like, I think they'd always said that it always seemed to be true that the portrayal was that they had a partnership, yeah. you know? Um, well, uh, this year, interestingly, um both China Spring 
and Lorena, two communities right outside our city, won state championships. Yeah. And I, of course, neither properly belonged to either of those communities, but had fun watching my friends yeah. in those communities just get taken with what was happening. And yeah. it felt really wholesome for yeah. the whole for the whole town, city, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there again. Look, that, my alma mater made three rounds into the playoffs this year. Yeah. Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie Gophers. Um, so that made sense to me again. Just Very exciting. You know, I, you're talking about the complexity of Texas and who that is and the purpleness of the state now. Yeah. Uh, it, if I could pick a person, aside from yourself, sure. who I think kind of emblematic of um, what could be beautiful about Texas and like if everybody could see this side of Texas, yeah. it would be the most enduring bluff state. Um, we already mentioned about Marshall Cook. Yeah. The way he talks about Texas and speaks yes. to Texas. Yes vernacular and kind of weaves in and out of conversation so whimsically yeah i mean that is that's part of texas to love yeah i have also found me and lucy hoppy have very similar experiences of texas and like places like sort of we're both very like river oriented people and Hmm. things like that it's been fun to talk to her and then she's married to brian hoppy who is from chicago Chicago. very different yeah so lake yeah yeah, yeah, different kind of water. Yeah, very different. Well, Taylor. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad we got to talk about Friday Night Lights at the end of it. Uh, we will call this episode Regionalisms with a special emphasis on Texas. Okay, great. I love that. All right, well, you know what time it is. It is time to say good Bye. Bye.